Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hooked On with me, Fanula Jay thanks to Virgin Media Ireland. The Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival is here and the film in question to kick off this year's programme as chosen by festival director Grania Humphreys is Supernova starring real life best friends Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Firth and Tucci play Sam and Tusker a gay couple travelling across the English Lake District in their old camper van to visit friends, family and places from their past. Since Tusker was diagnosed with dementia their time together is the most important thing they have. Our Gordon Hayden recently spoke to Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth all about the making of Supernova. I'd like to make a speech. I, uh, well, maybe, maybe Sam will do it for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, love to. to do it for me. Now, as most of you will know, I'm slowly losing my ability to remember. And I definitely wouldn't be here if it weren't for this man next to me. I want to be remembered for who I was, but not for who I'm about to become. Gentlemen, congratulations on Supernova. It is an incredibly moving, heartbreaking film. Stanley, if I can start with you, you initially came on board and then passed the screenplay on to Colin. So how did Supernova come your way? Yeah, I got the script through my agents and um, uh, I read it and I thought it was beautiful. Uh, you don't get scripts like that very often. And then I watched Harry's first film, Harry the director-writer, and um, it was beautiful. He made it for 10,000 pounds, I think. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous. Then I met him and he was equally as interesting and wonderful as his script and his film. And I said to him, I said, you know, I, I think Colin Firth would be great for the other fella. And he was like, oh, well, that would be amazing. Yes, of course, unbeknownst to Harry, I had given it to Colin already. And um, Colin read it and I, he said, it's beautiful. I said, I know, I know. And then we, we, then we, went, then we went from there. I didn't realize what close friends you are in real life. It was the 2001 World War II drama, Conspiracy, where I believe you first met and that friendship has been fermenting ever since. And you can see that close bond the pair of you have on screen. But Colin, were you in any way worried that the director might not offer you the role of Sam? As soon as I rap on a movie, I, I immediately feel unemployed. And, uh, you know, that people will just cop to the fact that I'm actually not very good. And, uh, you know, finally the game's up and I won't get a job. So um, that, uh, that uncertainty lasts forever. And there was a mixed feeling. Because when Stan sent it to me, I had exactly the same reaction as, as he did to the script an insecurity that I wouldn't actually be invited, that Stanley wasn't going to have any final say in the matter. Um, but also there was a bit of a buzz that I was getting it on the black market. You know, <laughs> this was not coming through the official channels. This was contraband. 
Um, but I, so what I had to go on was the word, I, I, I didn't know Harry, he just made that one little film. And um, so I had the words on the page and the idea of, of doing this fantastic, intimate story uh, with one of my best and oldest friends. So um, eventually, I, you know, I saw Harry's film and that settled the matter as far as my wanting to do it. Because combining that sensibility with what I was reading just felt completely irresistible. Do you mind me asking you both how you like to be directed? Because there are some very tender and heartbreaking moments between your characters in Supernova. Like in advance of shooting, do you nearly have set rules with your director, Harry, on how you want him to direct you? Because the last thing you want is for him to have a heavy hand when you're trying to reach a real deep emotional place. You don't really lay out rules. You know, when you go in and go like, okay, this is the way I like to be directed. <laughs> you know, every every director has their own way of doing it. And once you start working together, you work it out. Uh, and you you sometimes can get to the point where you go like, don't do that. Don't 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 <laughs> don't say things like that to me. It's all right. You know, like I, I, I sometimes directors think that they have to remind you how to how to prepare or something or how to act, and and instead of just giving you active. Uh, things to do. But Harry, he's a minimalist. He very seldom would say anything more than, um, maybe maybe do that one again and maybe just give me, give me a little more on that or, you know, what I, I mean, I honestly, I can barely remember anything he said to us, if you want to know the truth, because he was so, he knew what he wanted and he knew when he saw it, if he had it or not. Gents, just before I let you go, in years gone by, Stanley, you have picked up the prestigious Volta Award. And what is great about this year's Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival is that not only is Supernova kicking off the festival, but Colin, you are picking up this year's Volta. Can I ask you what it means to be the recipient of such an award from the Irish film industry? The bar is very high, I feel, in Ireland in terms of taste. I'm not over romanticizing things. I know what the lapses are, but uh, I, it's 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 huge. Um, you know, Dublin is is um, uh, the the habitation of a lot of my greatest friends. It's some of my greatest memories. Um, I've worked there. I wish I'd worked there more, but it's always been an, a great reference point, and I I feel the most enormous affection. In fact, I, I, this is sort of whetted my appetite for, for getting back there as soon as we're allowed to do things like that. So, and, and to get it from Stanley, it, this is certainly the highlight of my year so far. <laughs> and Stanley, picking up a Volta Award, what did it mean to you? Oh, it was it was wonderful. It was it was a few years ago now, and I, I just had the best time. I, I, I wanted to stay longer than, than I did. It was a, it was a great honor, and I, I love going to Ireland. And like Colin said, you know, the, so, the sooner we can get back there, the better. I can't wait for all this to be over. It's a great, great, great honor. You know, a very wise man once said, we will not starve for lack of wonders, but from lack of wonder. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Supernova is the opening film of this year's Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. But first, let's take a look now at some of the other films of note playing over the festival. Joining me from Spin 1038's We Love Movies is Andy McCarroll and film critic Chris Wasser. Chris, Supernova has been getting lots of attention in the lead up to the film festival. Looks like to be such a powerful drama. I can't wait to watch it myself. Uh, even Grania Humphreys, we actually spoke to her uh, earlier on in the podcast, the festival director. She said she was quite emotional watching it. What did you think of the movie? It it hit me right in the feels, Vanilla, to be honest. Um, and it's no surprise given the, the level of talent both behind and in front of the camera. So Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. They are playing a gay couple who have been together for more than 20 years. Um, they, you know, there are hints that they have both been successful in their in their careers. You know, one of them is a musician, the other one is a novelist. But that this holiday that they're taking over just a few days in their in their camper van, it's been a long time coming. And the reason that they've had time to take this holiday is because one of them, the character whom Stanley Tucci plays, is sick and he has started showing signs of early onset dementia. And they are reconnecting with friends and family and heading out to the Lake District. And it's through these few days. And, it, you know, th- this sounds as though, you know, the film is going to be laden with loads and loads of exposition. It's not. We just get to know the characters through the conversations that they're having, the recordings that they're doing. You know, Colin Ferret's character is trying to help Stanley Tucci's to write another book. They're just talking about the life that they've had together. And it's through these little conversations, these lovely little moments that we learn all about their relationship. And it really is, it's, it's, so, it's something so different then. You know, it's kind of made Maybe on the on the surface looks like you know uh, a gentle, overly sentimental, over, overly sentimental. Maybe a little bit cheesy, bit of a, a romantic drama. It's not. It's just quite a powerful story about you know two lovers, two best friends, two soulmates who have been together for most of their adult lives and can't bear to think you know of what what their lives might be like without one another. And Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci have actually been friends for as long as the couple that they're portraying here in the film have been together. And you can really see that they are just so beautiful together. You know, you really do buy into the fact that they might be friends. You actually start to, you know, you. I was watching it and I started to think, wouldn't life be a lot better if actually Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci were a romantic couple? Um, and there are just some wonderful little performances a- along the sides. And it's from a guy named Harry McQueen, who as probably, you know, he has made one film before, Hinterland, which he starred in with Laurie Campbell, and it was about two friends reconnecting, you know, on a trip to a lake after years of being apart, so he's kind of, you know, he's done this, he's been in this territory before, but he's actually probably better known as an actor. He's been a jobbing actor for years before moving into to writing and directing, but this feels very natural. Um, as I said, it has some really tender moments. It, tor- it actually, it turned me to mush 
at the end for Nuala. I don't want to give anything away, but it is one of the loveliest things that I've seen um, in, for, the, for the festival this year. I can't wait to have a good cathartic cry at that. It's it's on my to-do list. Uh, Andy, on the complete flip side, uh, talking about comedies, we don't make a lot of comedies in Ireland, which seems surprising when you consider the Irish psyche and the sense of humour that we have. And then maybe you look at shows like Mrs. Brown's Boys and it's like, mm, perhaps that's for a good reason. Uh, but the closing film of the festival is Deadly Cuts, starring Angeline Ball. What did you make of this? Yeah, well, we had Wall Mountain Time this year, which made me laugh more than I had in years. I don't think that was intentional, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Definitely not, I don't think. <laughs> but you do that, that. You've had touched on something there. Like, we used to make films like The Snapper. I sound like such an old folk. You know, The Snapper, Commitments. You know, I went down or Wake and Ned. And then they just seemed to stop. I know I made a joke about Wall Mountain Time, but that's where Irish comedy seems to be gone. That kind of I did I leap year version. And then you have things like The Garden and Bruges, which are quintessentially Irish, but they're not. So I think because we don't have something like an SNL where where, you know comedians can showcase and they're given opportunities we've kind of stopped that thing and then you see something like Tommy Tiernan and Derry Girls and like, we can still make these if we, we do it properly a long way of saying that we have actually made a Dublin-based Irish comedy now in Deadly Cuts which is about uh, vigilante hairdressers which you know anyone who's passed Ziggy's and Dolphins Barn isn't the most you know out there premise that you could probably see that happening it's about a, a local hairdressers who you know gangsters try to move in and basically bully them out of the area they fight back. It's every bit as bonkers as it sounds. And it's got some really great cast behind it. You've got Angeline Ball, who was in things like The General and The Commitments, Polly McGlynn, of course, memorably Mrs. Doyle. And it's one of those, like you said, we have such, you know, Irish is known for their humor and we don't seem to be making these films anymore. So I'm really looking forward to this. And I, I really hope it's good. And this sets off kind of a, a next wave of that that we've hadn't had in like close to 20 years now. Such a strong cast when you look at it like that and a female cast, which is obviously always great to see. Uh, next up then, Chris, we have the a Polish-Irish immigrant story called I Never Cry. It's meant to be a very strong film. Yeah, this looks quite promising, actually. And Tior uh, Demowelski, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Polish filmmaker, um, he is giving us something a little bit like Harry McQueen with Supernova, kind of, you know, touching on the story or a kind of relationship that he's explored in other films. With Tior Demowelski, uh, he gave us a film a couple of years ago called Silent Night, which was about a chap coming home at Christmas who has been kind of estranged from his family and kind of, you know, he, he has a couple of things to tell them and the family have a few secrets of their own to share. And we learn more about the family during these, you know, few hours that they're spending together than they have learned about each other over their entire lives and in I Never Cry we have a Polish Irish immigrant experience as told through the uh, eyes of a daughter who's coming to Ireland from Poland to uh, expatriate her um, uh, repatriate sorry uh, the, the, the body of her of her father who has died and it's based on a true story it's inspired by true events and the idea is that this girl is has always been kind of, you know, a, she's always been apart from her dad and they, you know, I won't give anything away, but they have reasons why they've lived, lived their life separately. But she's coming of age now and she's coming home to, or she's coming to Ireland to get her father. And it's while she's here that she realizes maybe he might've been mixed up in something that, you know, he shouldn't have been. He was working as a builder, but again, I'm, I won't give anything away. And it's basically a coming of age story, a kind of a, a lovely story about a, a father and his, a late, a late father and his daughter, but also, 
kind of fancies itself as a bit of a dramatic comedy as well. So uh, some wonderful performances in there. Uh, again, another promising effort from T.R. Um, it could be one of the it could be one of the ones to watch at the festival, an underdog even. We all love an underdog. This is one that I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, Son. It's an Irish horror from a very underrated Irish filmmaker named Ivan Kavanagh. I watched this late last night, um, which was a bad idea because I now have a severe case of the heebie-jeebies. Andy, what can you tell the listeners about it? Yeah, this looks like it could be a good mix of Rosemary's Baby and uh, Hereditary. It's about a mother who's escaped a cult and her child basically is going to suffer the sins of the mother in this, not to give too much away. It's like I said, Ivan Kavanagh, who made a great film a couple of years ago called The Canal. And Irish horror seems to be kind of on the rise as well. We'd hold on the ground not too long ago as well. Mm. But this like this has already been picked up by Shudder, um, a, a streaming service. They'd done the, the film Host last year, which was really, really good. You've got Andy Matiketch, a name that I've absolutely butchered, who's uh, the star of the, the new Halloween series as well. So there's some really good pedigree around it. And it looks very, very atmospheric. I know we were talking off air about it. That It's one of those films that just looks like Hereditary, where it just really gets under your skin. And it's like a couple of days later, you're still not... You still haven't shaken off that film. So again, something I'm really looking forward to in the festival. Yeah, Andy Matichak is definitely one to watch. She's so, so strong in this. I can't wait to see her career just rise and rise and rise from here on in. Um, Chris, also playing at the festival, we have Ammonite, which stars Kate Winslet and our own Saoirse Ronan. Uh, a lesbian love story. I can see the tabloid headlines now. I yeah. uh, I don't want to think about it. What has been the reaction to Ammonite since it started showing at festivals? Um, it's sort of had a lukewarm reaction, actually. Um, but it's, it's but, you know, it's one of the big ones at this year's diff. Uh, the same with Supernova. And if I keep going back to Supernova, it's probably obvious that I just love this film. But what, what I mean is that we have two films here with heavyweight casts and which have started to attract, you know, uh, they've started to build up a lot of buzz in award season. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see uh, nominations for Tucci. Um, there's still time for maybe Kate Windsor to pick up nominations for Ammonite. And mm. the reason this is making headlines is because, you know, you do have Saoirse Ronan, you do have Kate Winslet, and they are depicted as, as being lovers in Francis Lee's film. Now, the last film he made was an LBGTQ film, um, Only God's Country, uh, or not in God's Country, sorry, um, where you had Josh O'Connor portraying a farmer who is uh, gay but hasn't shared his sexuality with his family. And we're very, you know, we're in that territory very much again, but going back 100 years and dealing with a a paleontologist by the name of Mary Anning, who, uh, so this is inspired by true events, but kind of, you know, tilts things because we didn't actually know an awful lot about Mary Anning's personal life. Um, You know, she lived on the south coast of England uh, in the uh, uh, mid-19th century. Uh, She ended up kind of running this store with her mother where she was digging up fossils and kind of making these, uh, 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 you know, photo frames with them and selling them on, which is not what she wanted to do, but it was kind of a way of, of, of of her making a living at the time. And she's introduced to another scientist by the name of Roderick, and he introduces his wife to her, Charlotte. And what we learn is that Charlotte, played by Saoirse Ronan, is, is kind of, she's grief-stricken. I won't say what happens, but she is depressed. Uh, something tragic has happened to them. And Roderick needs to go off on you know a field trip for a little while. And he asks if um, Saoirse Ronan's uh, Charlotte character can stay and work and perhaps learn from Mary Anning, played by Kate Winslet. And the two of them, the, you know, there's, there's quite, sad, there's a bit of a, a fractious relationship at first. You know, they, they barely even talk, but soon they develop a lovely friendship, which then blossoms into a lovely romance. Um, you mentioned there that you can probably see, the, you know, the, the 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 tabloid headlines. Yes, 
I mean, it'll be no surprise if some of the red tops start, you know, dishing out headlines like, you know, scandalous, Sersha, shocker, you know, because there, yeah, yeah, there are, there is some nudity in here. There are some quite intense love scenes, um, but it's all part of the story. And I'm very much on, even though this, and I should say, this is a very slow moving film. You know, it's, uh, there's no real grandstanding here. It takes an awful long time to tell its story, which some people may, may, may like. Um, but Francis Lee, the director, he has said, and I totally agree with Francis here. There has been some kickback from some newspaper writers, from some critics, from some family members and descendants of Mary Anning who said that, look, we didn't know an awful lot about her personal life, but she wasn't gay. And, you know, why, why is she being presented like this? And Francis mm-hmm. Lee is saying, look, you wouldn't have that reaction if we portrayed her as heterosexual. So I mm-hmm. don't see that, you know, there, it, it, what I'm trying to explore here is what her relationship was like with the women in her life because she mostly, you know, only knew women. She didn't work with the guys in her field because they weren't taking her seriously. So there wouldn't be, you know, a scandalous reaction if she was heterosexual. And I think what Francis Lee has done here is very good. It might just pass Oscar season boy as I said it is very slow moving it can be tough to get into but a Saoirse Ronan film is always worth a watch in my opinion between this and the dig shovels and digging yeah. and those related <laughs> industries are having a big moment yeah. on screen this year unless we want to documentaries uh, one for the cinephiles and it has to be Kubrick by Kubrick this is going to be something special yeah, this is the one film in the festival where I, I'm glad it's not. we don't have a live Q&A because I can just imagine the quality of, well, this is more of a comment and an observation than a question <laughs> we would be getting at this. So <laughs> the one good thing about this not being live in person, like I said, this is someone who, Stanley Kubrick, who we don't know an awful lot about. He didn't give uh, an awful lot of interviews. And it's interesting to see like these are uh, a series of interviews he's done with a French film critic called Michel Semet, who I'm sure, again, name I've butchered over two decades and it kind of goes into the mindset he that he would have on the set because most people myself included he's quite a an enigmatic character who's someone you only hear the stories of you know he made his actors do 100 takes and and Shelley Duvall nearly having a a mental breakdown on the set of The Shining I've always found his films to be quite cold I wouldn't be the the biggest Kubrick fan we mean Chris had talking previously about how much I absolutely hate 2001 A Space Odyssey but this I'm very interested in just to see if there was like a real like warmth to the, the person behind it because his films seem quite surgical and there's not an awful lot of heart in them as well. So I wonder if this you know would make me go back and revisit his films differently having watched this and see maybe a different side to him that I didn't have before. Mm, he's, be wrong about, he's wrong about a space odyssey for Don't take that comment. <laughs> you thought Interstellar was good. So your opinion is completely invalid. <laughs> Oh, before we go, gents, and I'll come to you first, Chris, uh, what other notable films or documentaries should people keep an eye out for? Uh, I think there's two uh, for me. One is Apples, which I just thought was terrific and potentially mm. one of the best films of the festival. Um, uh, a big uh, selling point for this film is that it's been produced by Kate Blanchett. For me, uh, however, it's the fact that you have Christos Nico, uh, a, f- a Greek filmmaker, um, giving us, uh, a, a, you know, his first feature since, you know, kind of graduating from being... Uh, um, Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, right hand man and Yorgos Lanthimos you know he's given us the killing of a sacred deer the lobster the favorite uh, brilliantly surreal and, and, and eccentric films that kind of live in a, in a tilted sideways world of their own and that's very much what we're getting here it's Greek new wave weird but the story that the, the premise is just fabulous it's basically a pandemic has hit Greece but we're not dealing with anything, uh, an epidemic has hit Greece, but we're not dealing with anything in lines of, of, of COVID. Everybody has amnesia and amnesia just comes on out of nowhere. You know, somebody could be driving a car and all of a sudden the car crashes into a pavement and the 
the you know the driver doesn't know who they are they don't know anything about their past lives and this is affecting more and more people as time goes on and we have one man uh, whose name is Aries played by Arvis Evertelis who is kind of a mixture of um He's kind of a bit like the Greek uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. If you've never seen him before, Google him after this and you'll see what I mean. Um, he is affected and all of a sudden has to go into hospital and then is taken in by doctors who are trying to set up a new life for him. And it all sounds a bit too serious, but the sense of humor here is just brilliant because if you can imagine what it would be like if a government and if the you know a, a health board was trying to create brand new lives for people who don't remember their lives before it's a fabulous film the secondly very quickly is is gunda the documentary which is basically follows uh, not just a day but a few months in the lives of a pig uh two cows and a one-legged chicken. It's uh, uh, it's got no narration, no score. It's been executive producer, uh, an executive producer on it is Joaquin Phoenix, and it is just it, there's nothing else like it in the festival. It's maybe a bit hard work to watch, but it's beautifully filmed, and it's just it's it's exactly what I said there. You're just watching the daily lives of of a pig and two cows, and I know that sounds just completely mad, but believe me, it works. Chris, that sounds great to me to be honest that's I think that's exactly what everyone needs um, at this moment in time uh, what about you Andy what are your other picks from the festival yeah well I'll second Gunda I thought that was incredible like Chris said there was there's no narration there's no voiceover and I thought this was going to be like the most vegan message film that ever was but you just end up assigning personalities to all the animals and just by the end like please don't let this be about factory farming or anything like that because I'm, I'm way too invested in the backstory I've given these animals <laughs> another one for me is uh, my New York year which is my celebrity crush Sigourney Weaver it's an adaptation of a book called my Salinger year it's set in New York during the 90s and as this aspiring poet she works as a, a literary assistant and she's answering the fan mail that's sent out to you know reclusive author jd salinger who wrote catcher in the rye and she plays a you know a poet who doesn't know if she wants to be a writer or not so it's her essentially trying to get in contact with jd salinger to find out you know is it worth all all the hassle of what i do and you know the tortured artist thing sounds very pretentious but it's actually really really entertaining and it's also got sienna Kerslake from the hole in the ground as well and anything with sigourney weaver is i'm automatically going to get a, a couple of extra stars from me because i absolutely adore her another one for me sticking with the kind of the crazy theme of the festival of films that sound just ridiculously out there is one called the boys from county hell which follows a group of road workers led by a bickering father and son who must survive the night when they accidentally awaken an Irish vampire, which just sounds like the most have a few cans, switch your brain off, and watch <laughs> film. Which hey, when that happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to do construction for years. There was just those vampires, there was werewolves. You, know, yeah. you, you rarely get it. Like but, uh, Another one then just with the, the documentaries we were talking about, we have one called He Dreams of Giants, which is Terry Gilliam's attempt to make the, the Don Quixote film. Now we had one a couple of years ago called The Man from La Mancha, which was absolutely brilliant. It was just everything that could possibly go wrong in a film set going wrong to the point where, you know, they had the worst storm in 150 years and the set, these elaborate sets that they've built up to, for Don Quixote just blown away. And Terry Gilliam just sitting in the tent with a cigar laughing like a madman as they all just blow away. He actually did get the film made and it wasn't great. So I'm curious to see if there was anything behind the scenes or it was just, you know, you've dedicated 30 odd years of your life to making this film and then it comes out and nobody cares what that would do to you. So I'm interested from that standpoint to see how it is and hopefully it's a, a good companion piece to The Man from La Mancha. What a variety there to choose from. Uh, Chris, Andy, thank you so much for joining me on Hooked On. Cheers, Vanilla. If you're keen on checking out any of this year's selection of films, log on to diff.ie. That's D-I-F-F dot I-E. And as always, a big thanks to our podcast sponsors, Virgin Media Ireland. 
In the next edition, our guests will be Les Martin and Declan Mills, the stars and producers of the Irish independent comedy drama Be Good or Be Gone, which premieres on March 4th, ahead of a streaming release on April 13th. Today's podcast was produced by Gordon Hayden. From me, Fanula J, great to talk to you as always, and we'll chat again on the next Hooked On, Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. <laughs>